Welcome everybody to the Class Act Podcast. Um, it is Thursday, July 25th, 2019. And before I get into the main topic of this episode, I want to talk about what happened to my Twitter account last week. Uh, my, my account called Mr. McCockner was around 90,000 followers in a few weeks, which is phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, it just it logs out. It logs out on me, and about five minutes later, it was deactivated, and I have no idea how it happened. Somebody must have hacked me. Uh, this has never happened to me before, really, on any platform where I've been hacked, and uh, it, it was cert- it was definitely um, it was it was certainly a tough scene. Uh, the reason I can't I can't I didn't have two-factor authorization on, which was a big mistake on my part. And I, I didn't remember what the email was because the account was originally from a fan of mine, and it was one of his burner emails. And the reason I know that the fan didn't end up hacking me is because I changed the password. So somebody must have hacked Somebody must have hacked me somehow. It must have been a butthurt uh, Russian Brady, Brady Tard. Or, or some Patriots fan must have paid a Russian hacker to get into my account. But anyways, in the past week, you know, my, my new account now, and I'm, I'm so fucking sick and tired of having to switch accounts. Uh, and it's, it's, it's tiring for me to have to start over and over again. It's tiring for my fans, my dedicated fans, to have to follow me and re-follow me. Uh, it's just so fucking annoying. But the reason I keep coming back is because I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential that I have, uh, I guess, as, I don't know, I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself an entertainer, but, I mean, people are obvious, there's obviously a large fraction of people that are entertained by my, by my products, by my, you know, tweets and my podcasts, so the reason I keep coming back is because I feel like there's a lot of unfinished business, and, and also because I have a lot of great fans, so... Uh, my new account, Lover of Troops, which is which is honestly a really good handle, uh, is already around 36,000 followers in a week, which is just ridiculous. And I always go back to when I first got Twitter, how I thought you know having 10,000 followers was was impossible. To have this meant to have you know almost 40,000 in a week is just ridiculous. Um, I wish it was. I wish it was still you know back at you know 240,000 on my Sports Talk Barry account. But, you know, I guess, uh, you know, not everybody can be O.J. Simpson and have, you know, almost a million followers in about a month. But anyways, that's to update stuff personally. Uh, The main source of material for this episode is, as everybody knows, the NFL season is approaching, training camps are opening. So what does that mean? It means that we have to debate by law about quarterback tiers and there is no position, really, in especially in football, but really in all sports, that stirs up so much intense and passionate debate like the quarterback position does. You know, and and so I decided to put my own quarterback tiers list out on Twitter yesterday, and now I am going to, I guess, go a little bit more in depth on it um, because. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of tough to to go so in depth just in in you know 280 characters uh, about a list. 
So uh, let's get started. Okay, so I had eight tiers, and I'll start off with, in my opinion, I'll start off, I'll go from the top to the bottom. Uh, to me, tier one is, I called it elite. Yeah, I mean, big shocker there. Uh, the elite of the elite, the cream of the crop, and I had three quarterbacks in there. Uh, the three quarterbacks were Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs, Aaron Rodgers from the Packers, and Drew Brees from the Saints. Now, this is this isn't an e- this wasn't an easy exercise for me because you know there there's so much. It's hard to kind of create your own tiers, and it's hard to try and find what you think is a reasonable uh, a reasonable position for all these quarterbacks. But I felt like. Even putting the three here, I think that these are three quarterbacks that can really succeed despite the worst situations and play at, at, a, at a high level no matter who's around them. And the biggest... I, I don't think really anybody would disagree with, with having Breeze in there um, despite the fact that he kind of tailed off towards the end of last season. Um, but still, his, his production was still was still phenomenal. And it's been phenomenal for the last, you know, decade plus. So he's in there. He's a proving assistant elite quarterback. Uh, Rodgers, Aaron, having Aaron Rodgers in there is is would be controversial, I, I think, to some people because he hasn't, you know, Aaron Rodgers' peak years. He hasn't had uh, he his peak years were from t- 2009 to 2014. Then he had a down year in 2015. Then he wasn't very good for the first half of 2016, and then in the second half of 2016, he was phenomenal. In 2017, it looked like he was going to, uh, you know, he he was on pace to be an MVP candidate again, and then he got hurt. And last year, he got injured in Game 1 and was never really right all season. So this is a big year for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He has obviously a new coach. And it's going to be interesting because I think Mike McCarthy's offensive scheme got stale. It's really it's going to be fun to, to see if a healthy Aaron Rodgers can bounce back and really put up the numbers that I think everybody believes that he's capable of. Uh, I'm talking you know close to 40 touchdowns, 4,500 yards, you know eight or nine interceptions. Just you know getting back to where he was a few years ago before he got hurt. Um, but he has to stay healthy. And the third quarterback I have in there is Patrick Mahomes. And as, as phenomenal as Mahomes was last season, you know, throwing 50 touchdowns and making just batshit plays, I know some people will say, oh, you, you know, he's, you know, as great as he was, he's only been one year. And my response to that is sometimes you just know a guy is legit. And Mahomes is one of those guys that you just know from watching him that he's he's legit. You know that, and he certainly, you know, was lucky to go to a, a guy like Andy Reid, who is a very smart offensive coach. Despite all of the jokes about him, he's a phenomenal offensive game planner. Um, Mahomes is 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 just a phenomenal talent. And I said it before; he's like he's like a a, a bigger version of Aaron Rodgers with a stronger arm. And that's pretty scary to think about. And I think that if Mahomes stays healthy, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I think he has the potential to be the best quarterback of all time. Um, I don't know if he'll end up having the most rings because 
to me, it seems like Mahomes is going to be destined for, you know, the Dan Marino, Drew Brees, Rodgers uh, type fate where, you know, he has crappy defenses for most of his career. So he won't win as many rings as people would think, but it wouldn't be because of it wouldn't be his fault. Now, all right. I, I know the big controversy is for this list is oh my god, where is Tom Brady? Why do you have you know, why do you hate Tom Brady? He's a you know, he's won six rings, blah 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 and all that bullshit. And everybody anybody who follows me knows I think Tom Brady is the most overrated uh player in sports history. So I have a completely separate tier for him and another quarterback. Um, and that's not to say, look, Tom Brady is obviously not a bad quarterback. All right, I'm not stupid enough to think that. You don't have the career that Tom Brady has had. You don't put up the numbers he's had, even though he's been in a phenomenal system. Um, even though I don't think he's particularly that talented. Uh, you don't put up the numbers he has in his career, you know, over 80,000 yards if you suck. So he's obviously not a bad quarterback. But I've never been... I've just never been that impressed with with Tom Brady, despite all the winning. I've always felt like he's just the, he's he's in the he was in the right spot at the right time with the greatest head coach of all time, with the greatest roster management of all time, having fourteen top ten defenses in his seventeen years as a starter, uh, getting bailed out and all these interceptions. I mean, and I I could have an entire episode dedicated to all the lucky breaks that Tom Brady's gotten in big moments and how his career would be viewed way differently. If if those breaks went the other way, um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna hold off here and I'll go to the next tier, tier two, which I have labeled great. Now these are guys, in my opinion, that obviously, as the title would suggest, I believe are great quarterbacks who are consistently very productive, um, but there's just that maybe one thing missing that that stops them from being the cream of the crop and you can't you can't really put your maybe it's it's they're a little too interception prone maybe it's that they take too many sacks no homo you know or that they're maybe not as great uh maybe it's just something but something that keeps them from being at the cream of the crop but still you know some of the best quarterbacks in the world and the for me tier two, which is great, is Matt Ryan from the Falcons, Andrew Luck from the Colts, Russell Wilson from the Seahawks, and a little bit controversial one here. I put Philip Rivers as a great quarterback from the Chargers. Let's start with Matt Ryan. Um, uh, Matt Ryan had a phenomenal year last year, and the Falcons finished seven and nine. And I always, I've always felt like Matt Ryan, if I wanted to compare Matt Ryan to somebody, he's like Jim from the American Pie movies. A guy who always seems to, he's a good guy and he means well, but he just has horrible luck in big situations and he always seems to get caught, you know, in, in the most awkward situations, like, you know, sticking his dick in a pie. If you've seen American Pie, you know what I'm talking about. That's kind of what Matt Ryan is. He's a guy who's had a lot of great performances mean nothing because really of things out of his control or because he had one or two bad plays. You talk about, you talk about like, obviously everybody knows 28-3, to the Super Bowl. You, you could go back even further to uh, the 2012 NFC Championship game when 
the Falcons blew a big lead there at home against the 49ers. And in both of those games, Matt Ryan did, did I thought, a really good to great job of playing quarterback. He just, you know, for him, it's like, the way I look at it is, in this, in our society, it's weird because a, a touchdown pass or a big play in the first in the first half is it, it's worth the same as it is in the fourth quarter. And Matt Ryan has had so many games where he's played phenomenal in the first half of games, and maybe not so well in the fourth quarter, but he still ends up putting up very good numbers. Whereas, like we seem as a society, we seem to give players extra credit for playing like dog shit for three quarters, being kept in the game, and then getting some breaks in the fourth quarter, playing well in the fourth quarter, and ending up with a comeback win. And I'm, I'm obviously, I'm subtweeting uh, a certain quarterback here. But it's like we seem to value the latter quarterback as clutch as opposed to the quarterback who who does well earlier in the games and gets his team a big lead. It's like, at the end, it's, it's kind of a mental exercise, but it's still worth the same you know, it's still worth the same on the scoreboard. And I think Philip Rivers falls into that type of, of, of to the same to the same extent uh, as Ryan, kind of guys who have great stats and their teams haven't been as successful um, in terms of winning uh, because of things uh, just just they're just it just they just, just, just have bad luck. And and certainly, you know, Rivers uh, Rivers' biggest weakness is that he can be a little bit interception prone at times, and that his fourth quarter comeback rate isn't very good. Um, but I still think Rivers is a phenomenal quarterback, and uh, the same goes with Matt Ryan. I feel like had the Patriots not been around, um, both of them would have would would. There's a great chance that both of them would have Super Bowl rings right now. Uh, Andrew Luck, I love Andrew Luck. I think. Uh, he's he's a special talent. I think he really is. The fact that he didn't become a bust, despite the Colts organization being a complete dumpster fire for the first five or six years of his career, really is a testament to just how special he is and why he was so uh, you know highly sought after coming out of Stanford. Uh, and now it seems like. Around you know in his late twenties, early thirties, it seems like the Colts organization is finally starting to turn around. They're finally starting to uh, to get uh, their heads on straight and give him an offensive line and you know a, a reasonable uh, uh, you know a coach like Frank Reich who's good. Uh, and you know there's a lot of similarities to me between Andrew Luck and John Elway's career, and both of them were. The biggest similarity is is that both of them were highly touted, uh, you know, first overall pick QBs coming from Stanford, and um, early, you know, they didn't and they didn't really get reasonable supporting cast until later on in their careers. And I think that's where Luck is. I think if Luck has a weakness, it's he'll every just every it seems like every couple games he'll just make he'll make a, a boneheaded play, he'll make a boneheaded throw, or a boneheaded interception. I think. That prevents him from being, like you know, top three. But in my opinion, he's certainly in the top, you know, f- four to seven quarterbacks in the world, and the Colts are lucky to have him. 
And the next quarterback in this tier is Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. Uh, Wilson, uh, he started out his career really. Uh, he's always been a. He started out as a very good quarterback. He's kind of like the inverse of Andrew Luck, where he started out on phenomenal teams and he wasn't really asked to do much. He was just asked to manage the game his first couple years because he had the best defense in the league. He had one of the best running backs in the league. So he wasn't asked to throw the ball a lot and it resulted in a Super Bowl win and it almost resulted in another Super Bowl win if, uh, as everybody knows, um, if they just handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Uh, the Patriots would have lost that Super Bowl and the Seahawks would have been back-to-back champions. But Wilson ended up throwing an interception. And was the play call crappy? Yes. Did, was, uh, should they have called it? No. But at the end of the day, Wilson still threw the pass. It was still intercepted. Uh, and But, you know, again, he's like I said, he's the inverse of Andrew Luck and in the fact that he started off on great teams, didn't put up great numbers. And as he individually has gotten better. The team around him has gotten worse. The running back situation, obviously, after Marshawn Lynch left, hasn't been as good. The defense uh, has has dipped um, as he's gotten a, become a better individual player. So, but you know, Wilson is is a magician. He's a guy who can uh, who can just pull a rabbit out of a hat. He's very he's a great deep ball thrower. And uh, his biggest weakness is that he, he takes a lot of sacks, NH. And, and uh, that's, that's one thing I think that's frustrating. And there's some, there's some stretches where the Seahawks offense, it seems like every year the Seahawks offense goes through a lull, which shouldn't happen with a quarterback as talented as Russell Wilson. But I think Russell Wilson, again, I think that he, he proved, you know, for a little while there the question was, is he just a game manager but you know he's put those concerns to rest over the last couple of years with some phenomenal seasons, and he is certainly on on pace to be uh, a future Hall of Famer and a deserved Hall of Famer. That so that's tier two. I'll go to tier three, which is very good, and for the uh, which is which I labeled very good. Um, and both of these are are two younger quarterbacks that I think have a lot of of potential to either become into that tier two, into that great category, or maybe even tier one someday, the elite of the elite. And these two quarterbacks are Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles and Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. Now, full disclosure, I'm an Eagles fan, so I might be a little bit biased in ranking Carson Wentz um, uh, maybe a touch too high, but I've seen Car- Carson Wentz, he, you know, he's something there. He has a little bit of Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes in him sometimes, where he just, he just, he's better when a play breaks down, and I love that in quarterbacks when they can play, when when they can make plays when a play breaks down. And Carson Wentz is a phenomenal athlete, uh, even though he's white. He's just, he he has a big arm. His issue. Uh, his first couple seasons was accuracy concerns. He, you know, his completion percentage wasn't that great. Last year, before he got hurt, uh, his completion percentage was up around 67%, uh, and he had great numbers in uh, uh, last year before he got hurt. And I think that you know the entire, the biggest, the, you know, the joke is is oh well, you know, how how good can he really be if uh, this if you know the the Eagles went on to to win a Super Bowl without him. Uh, with Nick Foles, and look, the way I look at it is, 
you have to evaluate the player, not the team. And it's not as if Wentz is just standing back there throwing easy passes. He makes a lot of ridiculous plays. And as an Eagles fan, believe me, I've watched all the games. I've seen him. He makes a lot of ridiculous throws. Um, His concern is, can he stay healthy? And I think if he can stay healthy, he has a chance to be an MVP candidate, like he was in 2017 before he got hurt. And believe me, I'm certainly not complaining about the Eagles winning a Super Bowl, but I feel like the, oh, the Eagles don't need Wentz to win a Super Bowl, uh, while factually it might be true, I think it's a little bit unfair because, again, there were... Nick Foles started five playoff games, and really in three of those five playoff games, the Eagles the Eagles offense didn't even score twenty points. So, in the NFC Championship game against the Vikings and in the Super Bowl, Foles was phenomenal and got us and got us you know uh, finally got the Eagles a Super Bowl. But in the other three games uh, that he started, it wasn't as if Nick Foles was lighting it up. So I feel like Wentz, if he can stay healthy, I have full confidence in Carson Wentz being able to lead the Eagles deep into the playoffs. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. But his again, his biggest concern is he has to stay healthy. And the last two seasons, uh, you know, he hasn't been able to do that. But I feel like I feel like even though Nick Foles, big dick Nick, I, I along with every other Eagles fan will always love him. I think the decision was easy. When healthy, Wentz is a better player than Nick Foles. So I think staying with Wentz was a good decision. And I think I, I Certainly would not be surprised if the Eagles win a Super Bowl or two with Wentz at the helm. The other quarterback in this tier that I have is another young gun, Deshaun Watson. And his I'll start off with Deshaun Watson's shortcomings, I guess. Uh, his shortcomings are that he's a little bit too aggressive. He takes a lot of hits that he shouldn't have. He's not built. You know, he took, I think, over 60 sacks. He led the NFL in sacks taken, which uh, sounds, you know, shout out to Michael Sam. But... Uh, he takes a lot of hits for a guy who's not that he's not built like a Cam Newton. You know, he's 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 a really skinny guy and he takes a lot of hits and he's a competitor and he wants to win and I love watching him. He has a cannon arm. Uh and he showed last season that his his rookie year was not a fluke, but um he has to be able to to minimize the hits that he takes. Uh and I think Bill O'Brien in the Texans offense needs to do a better job of maybe you know running shorter pass plays to get the ball out of his hands quicker, so he doesn't take as many hits. Um, and it's he's kind of similar to Russell Wilson in the fact that they take a lot of hits, uh, and even Aaron Rodgers in the fact that they take a lot of sacks, um, and that leaves their body a little bit more susceptible. But talent-wise, he you know he's obviously he's very mobile. He has a big arm. He's shown that he can be accurate. Um, and you know the Texans have a very very good quarterback on their hands, uh, and I feel like. I'm not. I'm not too concerned about the subpar playoff performance that Deshaun had against the Colts. I, you know, it's one game, so that might scare off some people from from putting him higher, but not for me. I feel like again, he's still very young, and I've been a I've been a fan of Deshaun Watson since he was at Clemson, before his back in like 2015, before his sophomore year at Clemson, really before he was put on the map. As, as a premier college player, I remember saying before his sophomore year that I think he would win the Heisman Trophy. And he didn't win the Heisman Trophy, but he ended up being, I believe, you know, either top two or three. So I've been a big fan of Deshaun Watson's for a long time. I think he's a special player if he can stay healthy and minimize the hits that he takes. 
All right. The next, the next tier is tier four, which I have labeled as good quarterbacks. These are quarterbacks, in my opinion, that can win you games in the right situation. Uh, and I'll start off with the most controversial one. The most controversial one that I have in here is Kirk Cousins from the Minnesota Vikings. And Kirk Cousins has really become, I, I think, Tony, he's like he's become the Tony Romo of, of this next generation. A guy who has great stats. But because of a few, I guess, uh, moments in, in prime time kind of are seared into people's minds and they have a, a you know a, a reputation about him as being a loser and, and not clutch. And uh, I've always I've always felt Kirk Cousins was, was a lot better than I think the, the general public gives him credit for. I think that there is some legitimate, concerns of the fact that he's had some subpar performances in big games that's certainly that's certainly uh not uh false and that's why i don't have him ranked higher but he's also had a lot of great performances in losing efforts and he's also played on teams he's never really had teams with great defenses and you know i think that that's something that gets overlooked a lot when you talk about these quarterbacks is Usually quarterbacks with big stats who don't win a lot or as much as you would think because of their stats, a lot of the times it's because their defenses are subpar. I mean, it's a team game, and I think people forget about this. It's a team game. And the quarterback, I always say the quarterback is the most important position, bar none, but it's not more important than all the other positions on a football team combined. It still takes a team effort, and I think that Cousins is is a good quarterback i think he's a i think he's a solid good quarterback um obviously the big contract he got and the fact that he didn't play well last year i think in, in the last week of the season versus chicago when the vikings had a chance to, to make the playoffs um it just kind of added more fuel to the fire of oh this guy is a loser and a choker but i think he can still i think he's a good quarterback i think you can win games with him if your team has uh, a good defense but, um, yeah, he certainly, I think, you know, with the contract that he has, he has to show that, you know, he can, he can lead a team into the playoffs and not have as many subpar games as he had last year. Uh, the next quarterback in here is Ben Roethlisberger. I call him Big Rape. He's from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think, you know, he, he's a guy, he kind of falls into that same, you know, he, he's older now. Um, he's been prone to throwing a lot of interceptions, and earlier in his career, he would took a lot more. He would take a lot more sacks than he has uh, later in his career. Kind of like where Deshaun Watson was, where Deshaun Watson is now is where Ben Roethlisberger was a lot earlier in his career with um, with taking sacks. But you know, he's still he's very interception prone. Um, he every it seems like every year he has uh, two or three just phenomenal games on primetime TV, which I think inflates people's opinion of him as a quarterback. I think that he won. I think those two rings that Roth that he won early in his career have really shielded him from a lot of criticism that other quarterbacks would get. Um, because when he won those two rings, he again he was kind of like a Russell Wilson. He was he was much more of a game manager. And to be honest, considering all of the great defenses that that Roethlisberger has had in his career, 
I think that he should have won more. I think that I think he's underachieved in terms of winning. I think in the postseason, um, he's been turnover prone, and uh, but again, he he's he's able. You know, he, he throws a a decent deep ball, which I like uh, in quarterbacks. Uh, but I, I think he's. I think you know he's a good. He's a guy that you know if he starts all the games, he can get you you know forty five hundred yards, maybe close to thirty touchdowns. But he'll get you know fifteen interceptions in there. And the Steelers, it seems like it's every year the Steelers lose you know two or three games to teams they shouldn't lose to, and that's partly on coaching with you know Mike Tomlin, who I don't think is a very good coach, but. It's also on the quarterback, especially the quarterback who's considered a Hall of Fame quarterback. If it's every year, you keep losing to teams that you should beat. Um, that's why I have him down here. Uh, next quarterback in here, I have Baker Mayfield from the Cleveland Browns. And this might be, I might have jumped the gun a little bit on here because Baker Mayfield hasn't even started a full season yet. And it might be the fact that because we haven't seen a quarterback from the Cleveland Browns be this good in a while that he might be getting a, a touch overrated, including from me. But I, I think Baker is, is is an incredible talent. I think that his concern right now is he's a little bit too careless with the ball. He threw a lot of interceptions last year, especially against teams that made the playoffs. Um, his stats against playoff teams were well below, uh, were, were not that great. But it's it's still a small sample size. I think that he has he has phenomenal leadership qualities. I think that he is, you know, I think that the Browns really hit a home run by drafting him first overall. Um, every team that passed on Baker Mayfield in the 2018 draft is regretting it right now. I'll just put it that way. Uh, no, but uh, um, I think that he, you know, I think that now and now I think that his numbers will get even better. Because you know he has he has class acts like Kareem Hunt uh, in the backfield. Uh, you got uh, a, a superstar talent, even though he's a even though he's an emotional vagina. Odell Beck, you know the head coach Freddie Kitchens. No offense to women, was uh, is now the head coach, and it seems like those two last year when Kitchens was the offensive coordinator had a good chemistry going. So the Browns kept him. Uh, I expect a big year from Baker Mayfield. I expect him to develop into. Uh, uh, you know, a tier two great. He has the potential to certainly become a tier two, you know, great quarterback like a Russell Wilson or an Andrew Luck. But I think, um, I think in order to do that, he's going to have to cut down on the interceptions. He's going to have to improve his accuracy a little bit. But he certainly has the talent, and he showed that last year. Uh, the last quarterback in this tier, I I put Cam Newton from the Carolina Panthers, and I've always said I never felt like Cam Newton was a great thrower. Which, as a quarterback, is is a big part of being a quarterback. Is obviously throwing the ball. You have to be able to throw the fucking ball. And I never felt like Cam Newton was a great passer. Cam Newton and Andy Dalton's career stats as passers um, are are pretty similar. Um, the reason why Cam, I think, um, why I have Cam here is because he's the greatest running quarterback of all time. Uh, he's such a threat to run the ball. That uh, you know you have to respect him. So even though he might not be uh, the greatest passing stats, he, his his ability to run the ball uh, is is he's probably the greatest running quarterback in NFL history. And you know you know he he's run for 58 touchdowns in his career, which is just insane for a quarterback. So uh, you know and and the Panthers have have 
have been a little bit on and off, but you know, I, I view Cam Newton, I think a lot of him like Bryce Harper, where he's a guy who is who is highly touted coming into their profession. They were both first overall picks, they're both hyped up. They both had that one super phenomenal year, which both hap- which for both players happened to be twenty fifteen, where they won MVP. But other than that, they haven't quite lived up to the immense reputations that they have. So I think Cam Newton gets a little bit overrated, especially by Panthers fans. But you can't deny his impact as a runner. Uh, so I have him. I, I still have him as a, as a, in the in the good tier because he can win you games with his legs, even though uh, he might not have the best passing stats. Now we get to the average quarterbacks, in my opinion, the tier five average quarterbacks. And here I put uh, Derek Carr from the Raiders, Andy Dalton from the Cincinnati Bengals, Jared Goff from the, from the I was about to say St. Louis Rams, but the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Matt Stafford from the Lions, and Jimmy Garoppolo from the 49ers. Uh, and also, I, and also uh, Big Dick Nick from the Jacksonville Jaguars. These are guys that are inconsistent. Um, they'll have their good days, uh, but they'll have a lot of they'll have a, a good amount of bad days. Which is, except in this case, I think for Jimmy Garoppolo, um, I was going to put Jimmy Garoppolo in the too soon to tell uh, category because he's only started what like ten games in his career, but I think average is is good for him now because. Uh, I don't know why, but I just felt like putting him in the average category. I mean, he's been in the he's been in the league for five years. I think saying a guy, I think saying it's too soon to tell for a guy who's been in the league for five years is, um, I, I just it just didn't feel right to me. So I might be wrong on that. I might put him, you know, I might retroactively put Garoppolo in in into the too soon to tell category. Um, but I'll go to the other quarterbacks. Like I was saying, these are guys, these are guys that. It's exactly what the tier says. They're average. They'll have you know their good games. They'll have their bad games. These are guys that unless they're in uh, great situations, and I think this is where Jared Goff falls into. Why I think despite Jared Goff has great stats, but I think just by watching him, I'm not. I've never really been too impressed with Jared Goff. So I think he's an average quarterback. You know, but he's in a great situation with having an offensive wizard like Sean McVay. Uh, come to save his career. I'll start off with Derek Carr. Derek Carr, uh, it looked like his career was trending upward uh, back a few years ago. In 2016, he was an MVP candidate. Uh, he got more votes for MVP than Aaron Rodgers, if I recall correctly, which I, I don't agree with. Uh, then he got hurt, and you know he missed the playoffs with the Raiders had that year. And ever since he came back, it seems like he hasn't been the same quarterback. He's been hesitant. He's been checked down. He's had a lot of puzzling decisions. Uh, this is a big year for him. It seems like he's a little bit of a mental midget, too. He needs a lot of support. Um, getting a guy, obviously, with receiver, you know, a caliber of Antonio Brown, it might be a little bit of a distraction, but on the field, I think it'll help having a guy that talented to throw to. But, I, I again, I don't know. I think Carr is, is, is an average quarterback. Uh, same thing with Andy Dalton. I mean, Andy Dalton really is like the, is, you know, He's basically been the definition of average in his entire career. I don't know if there's really uh, much to say about Dalton that we don't already know. You know what you're going to get with Dalton. You know you're going to get a solid, if not inconsistent, quarterback who's not going to be terrible, 
but he's not really going to go out there and actively win you a lot of games. Uh, as I alluded to, I put Jared Goff in here. Jared Goff, the last two years, has great numbers, but despite those great numbers, I feel like those are, are more, much more a product of the scheme that he's in. I feel like um, when he's not in play action, a lot of his success has come off of play action. When he's just asked to go back there and, and you know win the game throwing the ball without any play action, uh, he becomes horribly average, and he got exposed big time in the Super Bowl uh, against the Patriots. I mean, only putting up three points. Uh, he just looked like a lost puppy out there. And it might be unfair to use one game to decide him, but I feel I feel like uh, I feel like that Super Bowl is going to end up defining Jared Goff's career because you know the NFC is a bloodbath every year, and you don't know if you're ever going to make it back. So no matter what Jared Goff does the rest of his career, I think that stinker in the Super Bowl. Um, I think unless you know he comes back and wins another one in great in, in historic fashion, I think people will always look to that, and I think that um, he's 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 an average quarterback when when uh, you ask him to go win games. Um, Stafford, Matt Stafford from the from the Detroit Lions. Stafford is like he's like he's like that girl in your office that's good looking, but everything is relative. You know, compared to Instagram models, is that girl good looking? Not really. But compared to all the other, you know, all the other uh, whales that you have working at your office, she's good looking. She's attractive. She's work hot. That's kind of what Stafford is. The Lions have had so many shitty quarterbacks over the years. Stafford looks great by comparison, and that's why Lions fans are so defensive about him. He's like a, he's like a girl that is that is work hot. She, you know, looks good, but it's all relative. When you can, you know, compared to other Lions quarterbacks, he's the best quarterback in Lions history. But compared to, you know, the elite quarterbacks in the NFL in his own era, Stafford doesn't match up. And he's, he had every now and then he'll have these flashes. He'll have these little stretches where he plays like an elite quarterback, but he'll just go through these lulls every year where he's just inconsistent. He turns the ball over. Um, he has a huge arm. But his accuracy kind of goes in and out, uh, and uh, you know, in his defense, he's never really had much of a running game. He's had an historically bad running game. His defenses have never been great. Uh, but you know, I, I've never, I've always felt he was average. I feel like he's a lot, he's a lot like the Drew Bledsoe of his era. He's a guy who puts up a lot of big counting stats, but um, he's not that great. Uh, and as I alluded to before, uh, I put Big Dick Nick from the Jacksonville Jaguars now. In the average category, um, I, I kind of struggled where to put Nick Foles is one of the hardest quarterbacks to judge because he has he has uh, you know he's shown that he can he can play well in the postseason. He's had an historically great regular season back in 2013 when he threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, and he's also had some very low points. He was great for the Eagles towards the end of last year uh, to get us into the playoffs. Um, but he's never started more than 11 games in any season. Um, I'm putting here. I'm putting him here in the average category, basically, at, because I'm biased and because I love Nick Foles. Uh, and also, I think that I do think though that the Jaguars, with with the Jaguars, have a phenomenal defense. I think that the Jaguars can win games. Maybe not because of Foles, but with him, I think he can game manage a lot of games. Um. Let's go to the next tier, tier six, which I call dog shit. Um, I'll start off with Joe Flacco from, from 
who is now with the Denver Broncos, Marcus Mariota from the Tennessee Titans, Jameis Winston from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Case Keenum is now with the Washington Redskins, Ryan Tannehill is, he's also on the Titans, I don't know why I put him there, he's, he's the backup, he shouldn't even be there. Uh, I put Mitch Trubisky. I think he's a bad quarterback from the Chicago Bears. Josh Rosen is with the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if he'll start, but obviously the fact that the Dolphins traded for him uh, is is going to be, uh, I think, an indicator that they're going to start him. Uh, Eli Manning with the Giants. Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and, you know, this, the tier, this is... The tier is, is is what it says it is. These guys, I think, are shitty quarterbacks. Uh, Joe Flacco, everybody knows the story with Flacco. He had that he had that tremendous, albeit fluky, uh, Super Bowl winning run back in 2012, thanks to Raheem Moore. Um, and then he got the big contract, and then he stunk it up. And he's been like dog shit for the last, you know, four to five years. He doesn't throw, you know, he has a big arm, but he doesn't throw the ball deep a lot. He does a lot of checkdowns. He's not super accurate. Just a really bad quarterback. Uh, and the Broncos, I think, are desperate to go for him. Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, I'll put these two together because they were the top two picks from the 2015 draft. And it reminds me a lot of the 2014 NBA draft when Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker were the top two picks. Like, both of them ended up being pretty shitty. Uh, Mariota is a guy, he's fragile, he's not very durable, uh, he's just not, a, he's just not a guy that inspires a lot of confidence in me, that he's gonna win, um, Winston, uh, is, he's despite, you know, he's like Big Ben, except that he's not nearly as good of a quarterback on the field, which basically means he's a shitty person, and, uh, he's a dumbass, and he's a very, very, you know, he's, I never, to be honest, I never understood the hype with Winston. I never understood why, even back in 2015, he was picked first overall because his last year at Florida State, he threw a shitload of interceptions. He had a shitload of dumb plays, and I never understood the Winston hype. And he's really done nothing so far in his career um, to disprove the doubters like me. Uh, and I would also not trust my daughter with him alone in a room. Uh, Mariota seems like a good guy, but he's just not, you know, he's just not a very impactful quarterback. Case Keenum is a journeyman. He had that one flukish year in 2017 with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's a guy who puts a lot of, you know, he throws up a lot of jump balls. Uh, he's not a very, he's not a very good quarterback. I think, you know, not much has to be said here. Um, I know Bears fans will be mad at me for uh, for uh, putting Mitch Trubisky in the dog shit category. Uh, I know he's still young, but I just I've watched Trubisky and I just don't see it. I don't see anything special. Uh, he was carried by probably the best defense in the league last year, uh, and I just I just don't think he's uh, he, he he reminds me a lot of like a Mark Sanchez, a guy who uh, he reminds me a lot of like Mark Sanchez. Like I said, he's a guy who was early on in his career he was blessed with elite with great defenses that kind of were able to to. Um, cover up his deficiencies as a passer, but I think uh, from what I saw and what I've seen so far in his two-year career, I just don't I don't like it. I think that he's I, I don't think he's very good. Uh, Josh Rosen uh, from the Miami Dolphins. I know he's young. I know that he was in a poor situation last year with the with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, but my God, he was historically bad as a rookie. And I mean historically bad uh, with era like all his era adjusted numbers 
are some of the worst ever. I'm talking like Ryan Leaf category. Ryan Leaf type numbers. Uh, Jamarcus Russell type numbers from Rosen. Now, uh, he was a top 10 pick. Um, and, you know, at, in college, he showed flashes of becoming a, a good quarterback. So, hey, you never know. Um, people th- at one point thought Drew Brees, when he was with the Chargers, was a miss. Um, but, you know, you're talking about, you know, an outlier. Um, so, I mean, as a guy who despises the Patriots, I hope that Rosen ends up turning it around and that the Dolphins finally found their quarterback for the first time since Dan Marino retired, but I'm skeptical. Uh, I didn't see anything from Rosen last year that would give me uh, any sort of um, inkling or or hope that he could become uh, a good quarterback. Again, it's early. Uh, he only played one year, but it's the same thing kind of with Patrick Mahomes where sometimes you just know. And I think that's it's like that with Rosen. I think it's like that with Lamar Jackson as well from the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens, um, Lamar kind of falls into that same category as uh, Trubisky, a guy who his deficiencies as a passer were heavily covered up by an elite defense that he had. And the Ravens were winning games with Lamar Jackson, but not because of Lamar Jackson. And in some t- and in some instances, they were winning games in spite of Lamar Jackson, who cannot throw the fucking football. He's a horribly inaccurate quarterback. Uh, and, you know, the Ravens basically became, you know, a college offense with him. And when he was forced to drop back and throw the football, he was not good. Now, again, he's young, and it could change. And, he- and I think he's exciting to watch, but, man, it was ugly watching him last year. Um... The other quarterback I had in here was Eli Manning. Uh, Eli Manning, as an Eagles fan, I hope he keeps playing forever because it's basically two free wins every year for the Eagles when they play against the Giants because Eli Manning is washed, and he's been washed for, what, the last you know three years? He's tentative. He takes way too many sacks. He checks the ball down way too much. He's just not a threat. He's like a neutered dog. You know, he's just scared. He just isn't. He just isn't a good quarterback at this point in his career, and I hope he keeps playing for uh, you know the next four to five years. I don't think that's going to happen because the Giants ended up drafting Daniel Jones. Um, but I think again, I think everybody everybody who's watched uh, Eli the last year or two, I think, will agree with my assessment here that he's not a good quarterback, or as I put it, dog shit. I'll go tier seven now which is the too soon to tell category um in here you got guys like i put obviously kyler murray who is the first overall pick uh this past year with the arizona cardinals i mean obviously he's never he hasn't played a down yet in the nfl so you know i i'm I'm a talented guy but i'm not nostradamus i can't forecast how he's gonna you know turn out so he obviously is in the too soon to tell category um I ended up I ended up switching Jimmy Garoppolo here to the too soon to tell category, which is pretty weird for a guy who's going into his sixth NFL season. But you know Jimmy Garoppolo has had a very very unique and uh, interesting path here so far in the NFL. Obviously backing up uh, Sistom in New England for three and a half years, then going to the 49ers, and then going on you know a five game win streak to end the 2017 season, getting that giant ass contract, then you know getting hurt tearing his ACL in the third game of the year last year. Um, I really like, I like Garoppolo. I think that, you know, he's a little bit uh, turnover prone from what I've seen. Again, it's it's hard to really get a read on him so far because 
We haven't really seen him play in any high-stakes games and in meaningful games so far in his career. So um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So that's why he's in the too soon to tell category. Um, I, I I I do believe full heartedly though that if he stayed with the Patriots and they replaced him, if they replaced Tom Brady with Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think they would have missed a beat. I really don't. I think that he he's mobile. He can make a lot of plays outside the pocket. I enjoy watching him play. Um, but again, we just just don't have enough sample size yet. And for the 49ers' sake, they better hope he doesn't get injured again because they put a shitload of money into him. Uh, as for the other the other quarterbacks I put in the too soon to tell category were uh, Sam Darnold from the New York Jets and Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills. Now I kind of I, I almost put Josh Allen into the dog shit category, but Allen's Allen has a cannon. I love I he might be the best. He might be the most fun horrible quarterback to watch that I've ever seen. He has a gigantic arm. He's He runs. I mean, when he came back from uh, his injury last year, he was he was running for like almost 100 yards a game. Like So he was impactful as a runner. The Bills seem to really, really gravitate towards him. Um, as a passer, um, he certainly has a lot of work to do, and he's not a very good passer, not a very accurate passer. I guess the reason why... I put him in the too soon to tell category as opposed to uh, Lamar Jackson is. I feel like Allen has a little bit more potential to develop as a passer than than Lamar does. So I'm going to hold off judgment. But do I think that Josh Allen has a chance to become a phenomenal quarterback? No, I don't. I think that I, don't, I think that he'll never be accurate enough. Um, but I think that his ability as a runner. Um, it is very Cam Newton-esque, a guy, you know, which you wouldn't expect from a white guy, but he's a, he's a dominant running quarterback. And that might not bode well in terms of him playing as a long NFL career, but, but you know, he can, still, he can still win you some games with his feet despite not being a great passer. Um, the other quarterback, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, for, the, for really, for most of last year, looked like a bust. He was very, and honestly, coming out of USC, I never quite understood the the hype with him um, because I felt like similar to Jameis Winston even in college he was very turnover prone he was a guy that threw a lot of boneheaded interceptions and early last year uh, it seemed like that was the same story he was throwing he threw a lot of you know stupid interceptions but he's he's really really young and over the last few games of the season he showed he made some really really nice plays he was able to improvise make some nice throws showed some flashes as to why he was, you know, a top five pick. And, um, but I have my doubts because the Jets, like, is the, you know, again, it's the Jets. Like, the Jets are one of the three stooges. They're like, they're like one of the three stooges of the AFC East, along with the Bills and the Dolphins. Like, they're just, they're just not a good organization. So I feel like I'm skeptical that Darnold, despite the fact that he's talented, uh, I have my doubts as to whether or not he'll ever be able to um, really reach or, or make the most of, of those talents um, because of the organization. I mean, Adam Gase is the new head coach. I don't think Todd Bowles, uh, I call them Todd Bow movement because he was so bad. Uh, I don't think Todd Bowles is a good coach. Um, and I know Adam Gase, the new head coach, has an offensive background. Um, but... You know, nothing nothing from Adam Gase's tenure as Dolphins head coach um, would lead me to, to feel really optimistic about 
Darnold's uh, future. Uh, I mean, yeah, Gase, Gase was the offensive coordinator in Denver with, with Peyton Manning, but I mean, what offensive coordinator didn't look good with Peyton Manning? You know what I mean? So again, Darnold, it's going to be interesting. I like watching Darnold play, um, but I still think it's too soon to tell for sure um, about where his career is going. All right, and then the final tier that I put, I put tier eight, I put system QBs. And here I have Tom Brady from the New England Patriots and Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. And this was basically, I basically made this tier kind of in jest, kind of like a wink-wink, but not really kind of tier. Um, because I've never I've never been impressed really with Dak Prescott, and I've never been impressed with Tom Brady. And I know it's it's like heresy and sacrilege, to say anything besides, you know, Tom Brady being the second coming of Christ. And if I was going to be, if I wasn't joking, I would probably put Tom Brady in the good category. Uh, But again, like I, I, and I know this sounds crazy to people, but I I feel like when I watch Tom Brady, I feel like I'm watching something completely different than everybody else by the way that people slobber over him. Like I watch him play and he has like all day to throw. He has phenomenal offensive lines. He stands back there. He's like a statue. He's he's not athletic at all. He stands back there, and there's always a receiver open. There's always a fucking receiver open, whether it's Julian Edelman, whether it's Danny Amendola in past years, whether it was Gronk, or whether, you know, it just, there's always, or Chris Hogan, there's always somebody open, and I can't, ex- like, I can't explain it, but there's always somebody wide open in the Patriots offense. Or whether it's it's a little duck down, a little dinking duck throw to James White, or in past years, Deion Lewis. There's, it's like the Patriots offensive system is so phenomenal. And as a Patriots hater, it pains me to say it. But again, this is a team that was a top eight offense with Matt Castle, a guy who hadn't started since high school. Okay, the Patriots have won 70% of their games without Tom Brady since 2008. 70% over 20 games. That's not a small sample size. Okay, like, like I think Tom Brady's a good quarterback, but I, I just, I've never been that impressed by him. And the biggest calling card that he has is, oh, well, he's clutch. Oh, and he has all these game-winning drives. And my question is, why is he in the position to have to have so many game-winning drives? It's because he plays like shit for most of the game. He plays like shit for three quarters, and then he'll make a few nice throws in the fourth quarter. His defense will bail him out and hold the other, you know, and hold the offense to zero points. The Patriots end up winning, and Brady gets all the credit as this clutch demigod. And again, I, I know I've gone over it before, but like you could change like just a handful of plays, and Brady's career would be viewed so differently. And there are so many games where Tom Brady has played like dog shit in the postseason that the Patriots have won. And I just feel like he's the most overrated player in sports history. And I know he's made, he has a lot of, you know, quote unquote clutch moments that usually come after he's he's gotten away with a fumble, like in the tuck rule, or he's gotten away with an interception, like the Robert Alford drop, or the Marlon McCree drop, or the D Ford offsides. Like, like it, I can go on and on here. But I feel like, you know, everybody's like, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And I just... I just don't see it. I, I don't see it. I've never seen it. I, I, I just I just don't think he's he's that. And it, it sounds crazy to say, considering all he's accomplished, you know, the six Super Bowls, the almost 600 touchdown passes. I know it seems crazy to say, but I just never thought he was that special as a quarterback. I really didn't. I feel like you could replace him with 15 quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and the Patriots 
wouldn't miss a beat at all. Um, for the other quarterback, Dak Prescott, again, I, I, I think he's, you know, I think if I was, if I wasn't joking, I'd put him in like maybe in between average and dog shit, like his own little tier 5.5 tier 5.5 average slash dog shit where um, I think he's, he's been the beneficiary of great offensive lines. He has a phenomenal running back in Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I think if you if you need Dak to go out there and win you a lot of games, I don't think that you're going to have a very successful football team. Um, but so that basically sums up uh, the quarterback tiers for me um, heading into 2019. And I'm sure that there will be a lot of discussion and a lot of debate over it. But hey, it's my list, and I'll do whatever the fuck I want. So if you have a problem with it, that's too bad. Always remember, folks, even though we might disagree on where we rank quarterbacks, I think we can all agree that the troops are the real heroes. And right now, if you're not standing up and saluting the nearest American flag, you're a terrorist. Stay classy and respect the troops.